Dad, I'm tired. Really tired. I can't carry on. Let me have a day off. Toughen up, son. If you're going to get that sports scholarship, you need to grit your teeth and get yourself through. I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. Yep, I'm not a pressure-filled parent. Welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. This is Matt Dixon, your host as ever, and today we're going to talk about fatigue. Is it Rocky Balboa, toughen up, push through, or is it back off, sit on the couch and relax? Today, we're going to explore when to push through fatigue and when to back off. There is a smart way to go about this for you to achieve really good performance, great consistency, and go to the next level. But before we do that, Let's talk about the World Cup. We like the way he thinks, serious with the wings. Let's open the book, it's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, it's the Word of the Week, and I hope that you enjoyed our cameo this week from my little boy Baxter, six years old, off to ride his bike this morning, having lots of fun. But the Word of the Week this week is Gareth. Gareth? That's a bloke's name. Yep, Gareth Southgate. This is all about a celebration of coaching. Okay, look, I'm English. We've had a tough week in the World Cup. We got knocked out in the semifinals. We just lost to Belgium. We came fourth in the American lens. We were failures. We lost. For the English cynical lens, it was predictable. But with a perspective, it's easy to actually draw some important performance lessons. And in my mind... This performance of the English World Cup team was a triumph for coaching. First, a little bit of history for you guys that are not soccer fans. The English football team's recent history is woeful, absolutely woeful underperformance in major tournaments. Despite promising talent and world-class players, they performed with arrogance, a lack of cohesion, no identity, and ultimately were just coached like a set of individuals. Players seemed to be chosen because of who they were more than how they could contribute to the team. Often asked to play out of position or in a system that they never did for their club teams. And in 2016, we hit rock bottom, losing to Iceland at the European Championships. Yes, Iceland. Coming into this World Cup, the tone was different. Skepticism bordering on apathy. No one expected anything from a young and unfancied team. Success would simply be getting out of the initial group stages of the tournament. But along came Gareth. You see, Gareth Southgate and his team provided what I see as a triumph for coaching within the climate of adversity. He did this with a focus on the details, making sure that the fundamentals and the basics were right, identifying a system and building players that fit into that system and actually creating that system around the strength of those players, really doing a good job of creating identity so that we actually had a system of play and then building the concepts of team, process and being humble but retaining belief. You see, with identity, hard work, process, and clarity in your role, as a coach, you can create belief. 
And the final piece of this was his ability to allow the players permission to have fun, dissolve fear. Remember, the mission of this team was to, as he would say, attack the tournament. And that's a shift in mindset from avoiding mistakes, avoiding the negative of what happened, and instead focusing on what they could do and how good they could be. So I think, yes, I'm a soccer fan, but I think we can learn something from that. You see, performance crosses sports, and that's why the word of this week is Gareth. Now, let's get on with the meat and potatoes. So meat and potatoes this week, we're not having guests. It's all me, myself and I, and we're going to talk about something that I see on a daily basis. Sometimes I feel on a daily basis, fatigue, fatigue. That's what we're going to talk about. To dive into this, I think we have to first frame the elements of successful performance. So let's do a little bit of a review. And before we start making decisions around whether to push through fatigue, or an appropriate time to back off, we have to understand or we have to remind ourselves the fundamental of performance evolution. You see, this frames all. Ultimately, I have three magic words when it comes to performance. Specificity, consistency, or what you might say, layering excellence, and progression or growth. And when we talk about progression, we mean over the weeks, and even over the seasons and years. Oh, and I would add one more bonus word, which is a whole lot of patience as well. But let's anchor around those three special words, specificity, consistency, and progression. Those words are ever present, and they act as the lanterns in your decision-making night. They cannot be only lip service. You see, these really aid in helping you, the athlete or the coach, with perspective. Let's go through each of them very briefly. Specificity. So within any phase or block, within any week, what are the key and most specific sessions that are designed to move the performance needle? This is key. We never want training to be a collection of workouts mixed in like trying to separate all the nice ingredients in a beef stew. We need clarity and we need vision. And we need key sessions that are, yes, specific in top of our mind. And that's going to have a part to play in your decision making around fatigue. So that's specificity. The second magic word, consistency. Now, this is not a call to action to back off in pursuit of longer term gains each time you feel fatigue, but it is a key word in helping make the decision of whether to back off or whether to push through. A reminder that performance, big performance evolution, never comes out of big single sessions. Instead, it comes out of key sessions anchored with supporting sessions led weeks and weeks and months and months of specific work mentioned above. And so that is the fabric of how we create consistency. And it is another component of decision-making tools. The final magic word, progression. Now you could change this to growth or evolution or another trendy phrase, but it is the partner to consistency and anchored in with another favorite word, patience. 
If we know that we want to evolve and progress, we can never rush in that process. We train hard, but we need to embrace the journey. It is the only way that ultimately we can grow. And so with these thoughts providing our intellectual bedrock of decision-making, we can begin to decide, should I toughen up and push through or should I be smart and back off? Well, let's talk about it a little bit and let's go into accumulating fatigue in training. You see, when discussing performance, I consistently come back to the central part of the Purple Patch methodology, the heartbeat, the thing that guides every athlete, no matter what level, one of our professional athletes, all the way down to a new fitness enthusiast that's going on a journey to finish their very first race. When you have an appropriate and consistently applied specific endurance training program that is supported with integrated strength and conditioning, with adequate recovery and sleep and a backbone of proper fueling and nutrition, you accelerate every time. So these are the purple patch pillars of performance. It's the heartbeat of the approach for athletes of all levels. But if this is the guide to success, then it stands to reason that is consideration when fatigue accumulates. And so if you are constantly fatigued, outside of expectation and consistently underperforming, or if your training is consistently interrupted with sickness or injury, we must come back to that guiding lens of endurance training, strength and conditioning, recovery and sleep, fueling and nutrition, and realize that consistent fatigue, consistent underperformance, frequent sickness and injury is seldom just a training issue. 99 times out of 100, it's related to fueling, eating habits, sleep, recovery, poor execution of the program, or of course, yes, a training program that doesn't mesh or integrate into life. And this is part of the challenge, or one might say the joy of coaching or working out your own recipe of performance. So before we sort of start to go on this crossroads of pushing through or backing off, I want to give two more little points. The first is understand that fatigue is not a negative word. Fatigue is part of growth. And so it's not something to be afraid of. In fact, it's something to lean into. You want to look at fatigue as a part of the process. It is something earned from your hard work. But you must make smart decisions and manage it and understand when the fatigue is too much. And you must never, when you make these decisions, shackle your mindset into a single session decision. Context of fatigue is everything. And we're going to talk about that more in a minute. In fact, let's dig into it a little. What do I mean by context of fatigue? Well, there is a big, big difference between expected or anticipated fatigue, that that might come with a really hard training block, perhaps a training camp, perhaps three or four weeks out of a key event, and you're starting to get tired because of the programmed work. That is anticipated fatigue. On the flip side, there is unanticipated fatigue or unexpected fatigue. So deep fatigue that's occurring in normal training, 
If you're not responding to several light days in a row and you feel even more lethargic or poor performance that spans over several normal training weeks. Of course, as we move forward, this will be a part of the context and discussion when deciding whether to back off or whether to push through. Is it anticipated fatigue or is it unanticipated fatigue? The second thing to bear in mind is that successful execution of any training program cannot be just about checking the box of training. See, there are two parts of coaching and training. There is prescription, actually writing a training program, and then there is the smart execution of the program. And a spreadsheet, a prescription within a spreadsheet, is not the defining golden map. Success comes with decisions along the way. And to create those decisions, we must, we carry the burden, as coaches or athletes, we carry the burden to create a framework of making decisions. And those framework of making decisions are typically around fatigue accumulation. And we must have great context and we must be able to raise up out of the weeds and out of the daily grind. You see, it's all anchored around creating a coach or athlete mindset and perspective. And I believe that there are three levels that we want to transition between. The highest level is the big global season approach. What's our North Star or what I would call our 10,000 foot lens? So this fits into the North Star. It's the viewpoint as a coach or athlete that you probably only visit one, two or three times in the year, but it gives the broad landscape of where we're going as a team. At this 10,000 foot view, out of it is defined the blocks of work, what we're aiming to accomplish over many, many weeks or a phase of training. And then finally, it goes down to the week of work, of which comes the actual daily workout within the week of work. So we drop down from what I would call the 10,000 foot view, which is the season approach, to the body of work, what we're looking to accomplish over phase or a block of weeks, and that's the 3,000 foot view. And then finally, the week that you're in, the 1,000 foot view. This is an essential mindset for you as a coach or an athlete to stay on track and make your decisions. Because if you only live in the weeds, if you only exist on the day or the workout on the week, it's impossible to make a smart and objective decision. How can you understand anticipated fatigue or unanticipated fatigue if you only consider what is happening that day? It's impossible, you lose that magic word, perspective. Another key point is what I would call logic, not emotion. You see, as we go through and you decide whether to push through or whether to back off, it's often really, really challenging for an athlete to make these decisions. And yet I believe as a coach, we have to empower athletes and trust to enable the athlete to lead as much as possible. You see, as emotional as athletes are, with their high drive, big lofty goals, super motivation, that can often be, yes, a strength, but also a weakness because of a lack of perspective when making decisions. But we must always encourage, and if you're a coach, help the athlete raise to a high level and facilitate that perspective. 
So we must ever, coach or athlete, must never forget the 1,000, 3,000 and 10,000 foot lens. Step back, consider and allow yourself the context of fatigue. And only then can you create perspective and begin to make a more logical, not emotional decision of whether to push through or back off. So let's understand a little bit some of the markers that we have for fatigue. How do we know when you're tired? Well, I'm sleepy, tired, grumpy, and sore. What do you mean, how do I know when I'm tired? Well, there are some actual real objective and subjective markers of fatigue that I think is important to understand to help frame your or guide your decision-making as we go through. So here are a few things that we can have with objective markers of fatigue. So the first is something that's utilized by a lot of coaches, heart rate variability. We're not gonna talk about that today, but understand that it is a good tool, a useful tool to monitor and track to help at least start a conversation. In the same vein, we have tracking your workouts. If you upload power, if you upload pace to a third party application, you can often get things like TSS, training stress score. And that's good because it tracks your overall training stress. What it doesn't do a great job of is correlating it to the stress that you're under in life. And as a busy, time-starved athlete, you have to be very careful making decisions purely off of the data that you've been provided. Because none of the data gives you a wonderful sense of the interaction between life stress and training stress. So what are some of the things that you can actually also help that are there as sort of pretty objective markers as you go through the accumulation of fatigue? Well, if you wake up in the morning and you have a very suppressed heart rate, your resting heart rate is very low. That's not necessarily a big jump in fitness. It could be a little bit of an accumulation of fatigue. If it's a little higher than normal, that's ironically also fatigue, but a little bit more acute in nature. If you go to bed at night and you're waking up with night sweats, that is system overload. As a part of your circadian rhythm, your core temperature should drop at night, you should cool. And if it's in overdrive and very hot, that is hormonal stress, you are a little bit fatigued. You should also be aware if you're highly fatigued during the day, you're at work and you're feeling sleepy, and then when you try to go to bed at night, you wake up and you're alert. That's another objective marker. A few others, chronic continued unperformance in training over several days or several weeks, unusually sore muscles. Here's a good one if you tend to run or ride your bike and you have pace and heart rate and power. If you have that, if you have a suppressed heart rate with a normal or lower output and a high perceived effort, in other words, if you're doing an interval and it's hard, but you can't get your heart rate up, that's a pretty clear marker that you're accumulating a bit too much fatigue. In parallel with that, if you have an inability to access some higher intensity, so you feel a little bit like a diesel engine where you can chug along for a long time, but you have a very low range in performance capability, it's not good. Even if you're training for an Ironman, if you are a sloth-like diesel engine without range of intensity, there's a pretty good chance that you're tired. And the final objective marker is if over several weeks you start to, despite normal training habits and normal eating habits, you start to have 
big fluctuations in body composition or weight. You're either losing a lot of body fat or actually gaining a lot of body fat. If that's happening dramatically, that's often your body in a little bit of a fighting or fatigue state. So what are some of the subjective markers that can go along with that? And often they go hand in hand. Well, it's all of the stuff that you might have. Drop in motivation, moodiness, a lack of focus or concentration, an inability to make smart decisions throughout the day, including throughout the work day, and typically a high perception of effort across all sessions. If you're having this overall lack of enjoyment, dropping desire, dropping motivation, it's typically fatigue that is creating that. Sometimes it's bigger stuff, sometimes it's different stuff, maybe it's teammates, but overall, that's a reason or a cause for you to step back and think through. So let's dive into some case studies. Let's try and help you make some smart decisions. Do I push through or do I back off? I want to give you a couple of case studies and let's start with a case study where the answer will be push through. You should carry on. In other words, within context of this case study, it's anticipated fatigue. And so carry on. Don't be soft. Toughen up. This is it. You're four to five weeks out of your key event. Next week, you already have programmed three to four days lighter to rejuvenate. Saturday was a tough day. It included a hard ride with a very challenging runoff, very interval driven, and it stretched you to your limit. You're only a few weeks away from the big event and you did some very, very hard intervals. On Sunday, the prescription was your last big endurance ride. And you have to do that off of the last two weeks of challenging work and yesterday, Saturday's hard intervals. You start the bike ride and you are fatigued. Your legs are heavy, the body aches, and you can feel the work of the last 10 to 14 days in the system and the legs. You almost feel like crying when you start this workout. How am I going to go and ride all of those endurance miles coming off of the challenge of yesterday when I rose to the occasion and I did bring out the little Rocky Balboa? Do you back off? Do you pull out? No. See, this is anticipated fatigue. The purpose here is final resilience. Your mission on this workout is not to have breakthrough power, is not to go faster, is not to race your friends, but the mission is to ride really well. You want to ride as well as you can with great habits, good focus, good terrain management, great posture on the bike. The goal isn't to achieve high pace or power. The goal is to create durability, resilience. You see, fatigue is a part of training and you must maximize performance within a fatigue state. What about within a workout? Let me give you another case study of when to push through. Imagine a session where I ask you to do running with intervals and I say, you're going to head to the track. You have to go 12 400s or 12 times one lap of the track fast. And you're only going to get one minute rest between each one. Wowdy doody, speed. This is tough. And by number 12, your legs are shaky. Your nasty coach has written down that after those 12 400s, after all that speed, you have to finish with two by 12 minutes 
at your goal marathon pace. You see, with your goal marathon coming up in just four weeks' time, my goal is to have you go fast speed and then hit marathon pace coming off of it. What? I've already hit all that speed. I'm exhausted. Guess what? 100% of the time, execute. The mission here is to retain posture and good form under fatigue. And you will have anticipated mechanical fatigue here. The mission is to develop familiarity of holding marathon pace and good form when the legs are fatigued. And this is anticipated. Push through. See, that's what's going to happen at mile 18 of the marathon. And that's what we're training you for. So the last thing you want to do is back off when it gets tough there. You want to focus on form, focus on the mission and finish it well. You get the picture. But when does it not make sense to finish the session? When does it actually wiser to say this isn't the time to push through? This is the time to back off. And it's the time to back off without guilt, without fear, and without worry that you're not following the program or going to be ready. Well, let's give you a case study of fatigue that is the gateway to pulling out. Life has been hectic. You're 10 days into a 14-day block of work, but life has just got in the way. It's providing extra stress. Sleep hasn't been good. The last two sessions have been really, really hard relative to expectations. You fought through them, but if you really took a step back, the performance wasn't great in them. Now today, you're faced with a tough interval session. It looms and you feel like you can barely keep your eyes open, let alone lift yourself to a great performance. What do we do? Do you just turn your back on that? Do you just cut it? Do you just say, I'm tired, I'm not going to go through? Absolutely not. You still give yourself a shot. You show up to the workout, you have the intervals, and you see what the body gives you. So you go through warm-up. You see, sometimes perception of fatigue is a little bit different than the actual physical resource you have. So typically, it's better to give yourself a shot. See what happens, and maybe the body will warm up. So you go through the warm-up without any judgment. And then you do some of the pre-main set and you see what's happening. Now, after 15 or 20 minutes, you're at the crossroad. If the body does come around, if you start to feel good, follow through. Do the intervals, finish the workout. But likely, then you're going to begin easier days because the chances are after two tough days and one where you actually managed to get that last bit of the workout through and you managed to execute it, but you began with that much accumulated fatigue, this is probably the last squeeze of the sponge. So if you do follow through with the workout, you must then shift and adjust and give yourself a little bit of protocol of recovery. We come into that in a minute. But more likely, being truth be told, if you are emotionally empty, if during the warm-up and the pre-main set, your RPE or perception of effort is really high, even at that easier pace, and the system is just not cooperating. Remember those objective markers we talked about? You can come back to those. Remember the subjective markers? You can come back to those. Then you ask yourself a question. Is this effective training? Remember, our mission of training 
is to stress the body as much as we possibly can while achieving positive adaptations. And so can your body adapt to this hard workout with positive adaptations? Or are you now just simply chasing the spreadsheet? Are you checking the box? Are you through guilt and worry just following through on the workout? It's likely the latter. And so in this situation, if you've had a hard training block, life's gone in the way, you've got some extra circumstances that you cannot dismiss, without guilt, you back off. Because in context of the work done and the unavoidable additional life stress, it's necessary for you to adjust. So if you do have to back off in this situation, if a case study like this does present itself, what do you do when you back off? How do you go about it? Well, here are a few things. And this is where we start to get a little individual. And so I'm going to give you a framework and a suggestion, but you're going to have to work out what works for you. But typically, if it's a systemic decision of fatigue, Typically, you need about 48 to 72 hours of lighter training. So the protocol I might go through is, firstly, stay active. You want to move blood around the body with light activity. But in that 48 to 72 hours, you're not looking to get fitter, more powerful, or try and get faster. Instead, you're trying to rejuvenate. While you're moving the body around, you're staying very light and active, your focus anchors down great basic habits, good sleep, good eating, continue to fuel post-workout and a great platform of hydration. Avoid guilt. It isn't lazy. It's been smart. And these are the decision makers that so often are the catalyst to greatness. And so you don't want to try and play a game of makeup. All you want to do is adjust going forward. So this is a great time to come up a level Do you remember our 10,000, 3,000, 1,000 foot lens? Force yourself to come out of the 1,000 foot lens. Come up to the 3,000 foot lens. So focus less on, wow, I miss this workout and more, 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 more. But actually try and identify what caused the fatigue. Was it life stress? Was it training stress? Was it a combination of both? And secondly, where do we need to go now in context of what we're trying to get done over, yes, the season approach, but more likely the block of work that you're in now relative to getting ready for your events, how do we need to adjust? So once you've gone through this 48 to 72 hours of lighter training and you've rejuvenated and you've had some great sleep, the system should start to bounce back. So then the next question is, how do you ramp back in? How do you actually progress into what I would call normal training? Well, you've done your 72 hours, you've done probation, you've restored, you're re-energized. The first session back should always be endurance. And so it shouldn't be hard and you don't want to come back with a vengeance with intervals because typically you're going to feel a little lethargic and a little flat. So if you go through a day of endurance, that's going to set you up into the rhythm of training. The subsequent day, you can do some intervals. You can do some progressive building intervals. Typically, I like intervals that build throughout each interval and by interval so that we have an easy tool of moderation for you, the athlete. Then third day back, 
It's another day easy, a little bit of what I would call a prep day, a lighter day. And now your five to six day recovery is done and boom, you are back into training. And just by making that decision, by backing off, by having the restoration in the big picture, in the cause of the 3000 foot lens, you have created a great chance of consistency. You've mitigated the risk of sickness, of injury, of underperformance. You've maximized the opportunity of layered excellence over the course of many, many weeks and many, many months. And that is one of the catalysts to great performance. So what else should we think about if this does strike? I think it's a great time if you have these unanticipated moments of fatigue and you do have to back off and you do have to adjust your training program with a smart decision to put in a four, five or six day recovery protocol that's going to bring you back up to speed and in the big term or the long term is going to help you create excellence. I still believe if this strikes, it's still necessary to do what I would call an audit. And this is non-emotional and more in pursuit of learning. And quite often you do this as a team with your coach. But in this audit, you're trying to get towards what were the potential causes? Was it our macro planning? Was there too much work in this block? Was there not enough easy training? Did I go too hard in the easy days? Was there too much grind, in other words, too many days or weeks of training without a real clean out? Was I doing a good job of post-workout fueling? What was my life stress? How was my sleep in terms of quality and quantity? Was I truly eating to support the amount of training that I was doing in this phase or block? And that's a very, very common issue. I'm eating plenty, but are you truly eating enough to support the training? And I would urge you to realize that you shouldn't expect to find a single solution or answer. Pinpointing isn't the mission. The goal is wisdom development. As you go through these cycles in a non-emotional side and you sometimes realize that you did make some mistakes, don't worry, don't beat yourself up, don't believe that you can't perform in your races because it's happened. Instead, treat it as wisdom development. Embracing this mindset takes time. There's going to be plenty of learning along the way, and I promise you, you won't always get it right. I don't always get it right. Sometimes you push when backing off was the answer. Sometimes you back off and the body had more to give. But the key is remaining pragmatic with a big picture lens and always retain a growth mindset in wisdom development and learning. And I believe that this is the difference between toughness, like a doorman on a seedy nightclub, and toughness of a thoughtful ninja. Which one would you rather be? So stay strong, stay tough, but stay smart in your decision making. Because remember, it takes courage to recover. Until next time, take care.